Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Tyler real quick. Just wanted to say that this episode was actually recorded before the new year. This is one with our good friend David Shekel, filmmaker over at Northeastern. And that's my apologies for getting it out late. But thank you, David, and everybody for being patient. Our next episode will actually be the first episode of 2020. And that'll be clear in the intro of that one. But just wanted to establish this one was before um, the new year. So it's a little bit of an older episode, but still timeless content and a really great one. David, thank you again for coming through. I had a great time on this episode. I think it's one of our best. So I hope you feel the same. All right, let's get to it. I guess actually we should start there, David, because I know you're a, a creative. Like, I know you do things, but I don't really know the specifics. So that's also partly why I, like, I also wanted to talk to you about that, too, because I know I've seen you do film. I've seen you do photos. I've seen you at, you know, NUTV, of course. That's how we know each other. Uh, and Amelia. Yeah, cinematography. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, of Racking course. Them up. <laughs> On, like, every set I see him at. So I know you're film-minded. Uh, I just, you know, wanted to know more, if you would. Like, what's what are you your into major? creatively? Yeah, uh, my major is like political science. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I minor in law and public policy, but yeah, film is definitely my biggest hobby, and I do a lot of filmmaking on the side. Yeah. Are you like you? Because um, I've never been like on a set. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen any of your work. So how often are you directing and like creating and producing? Um, I'd say I try to make two things, two videos a semester, whether they be like longer projects or just like maybe a ninety-second to two-minute project. Yeah. Like, I think every semester of college, I've at least made two of something is there something that um influences where you go with it like whether you're thinking long or is it just whatever is the inspiration i mean sometimes i just uh sometimes i just get an idea and i'm like i want to make that this week and i have a good group of people that i can go to and they're like i also want to just make that in a week let's do it where do you see yourself getting ideas from yeah Yeah, where do you you like your environments or things that maybe inspire you um definitely my uh i mean you know, everyone pulls from their own personal experiences and everything, but um, just somewhere you go, maybe honestly mentally or physically, mo- like it's I I do like ninety percent of my writing in my head, like right when I'm about to go to bed, like it's what I like think about. Yeah, it's like yeah, as yeah. I'm because it's just like I put my I try to not look at my phone right before yeah, I go to bed, that's good. and then when so you can I, actually imagine yeah, things. Yeah, look up to the ceiling when exactly. you're writing. Yeah, yeah. you can't look at black and white. Yeah. So yeah. does that manifest in your dreams then ever? Like when you're thinking about writing it, do you ever dream the story? Not. I've r- been in. I've been in scenes. Yeah. Like, like really. In of your own stories or yeah. of like other type of. No, things? of my my Dude, stories. Yeah. That's cool. Like that you were in the process of writing of. Or? Like yeah, while I was writing it, because I've it's it was literally where I'd wake up, work on it go to sleep before i go to sleep i'm working on it then going to bed and so like there'd be times where i'd actually have dreams where i'm in scenes that aren't in the movie they're just like these scenes that are happening and i'm just like Dude, that's i'm cool. there like backstory. but like i'm not Whoa. i'm not in it i'm not yeah. really in the scene does it know? ever um add to concrete like furthering to the story or is it more just kind of giving context to you in your head so then you can write it better maybe it just makes me feel believe more in the reality oh dude of, that's sick so you dive into it more because it's becoming the characters yeah 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 but you say you see it like omnipresently like as if you were directing it as if you're no, looking at like no it's set. just happening oh I'm not you're really just watching do- around. yeah, yeah, yeah just, you watch uh, it around just kind of happening with characters in this world yeah. dude do you ever like dive into a character like and do start mean? i don't know like from their perspective or no just i mean you said it's kind of just happening like you're kind well, of I, watching i mean i'm trying like to make movies show. from perspectives mm-hmm. yeah I think that's from something character I try perspective. To do. Yeah, 
I think go, like, go a little more. What do you mean? Uh, I think like, <laughs> yeah. I think like in Max uh, and Lorelai or something. Yeah, I was example. just about to say. So the next film that we're we're working on is um, I'm trying to. I mean, it's it's told from. To I I think I've mentioned it to you, but I I picture it to be a film that's kind of like um, The Great Gatsby and how it's mm-hmm. like it's told by um, like Nick Carraway or something. But it's really about Gatsby. And so, I mean, it's told by Max. You know, we see it through his perspective. There's a lot of POV um, in the script. And but it's really about Lorelai. I mean, she's she's the focus. So um, but we don't you know, we're seeing it from the outside. We don't really get to know what's going on inside her. Right. Just what's going on. Wow. So your point of view is watching the main character, not actually being the main character. Like a lot of shows, you see it from their monologue. Dude, that's cool. I like that idea. What do you think that adds in like, not to make like, it's like a literature question, but in like Gatsby and in like your script, like what do you think the benefits of doing something like that are? Well, that's just like, um, I think it's, I want to say mystery Mm. or like something that's, classic of good cinema is that it's it's making you ask questions and wanting to know the answer um and i think if you if you can make an interesting enough character who you can't know enough about but you want to know more about um then i think also it's uh, on that like mystery and adds questions because it presents a perspective but leaves the door open to make your own because it's not the definitive. It's not the actual character's thoughts. It's what another character's thinking. So it's like you could, and that could be as detailed and as accurate as possible, but you can never like be definitive about it. So that's cool. So it also like leaves the door open kind of, you know? I think I try to do that sometimes with music too, where it's like tell the story from, oops, a character's perspective, but you leave openings like you, because I think that makes it more grasping, like more intriguing. You can dive into it, engage the story, right? And it's active, like engaging, right? It's not just passively listening to it, whether it's watching the film or whether it's listening to the music. And then I, yeah. I was thinking, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about how I see, like movies are just like, like puzzles and a, and a, Mm. a collection of puzzle pieces and how, um, I was talking about a specific example from like um, uh, Laugh Now, you know, the documentary. Like in the beginning, um, there's that we're seeing that camera slide across the table of pictures, and then we're getting flashed all these different pictures. Those are the pieces. Like those are the pieces of the story. I'm supplying everybody with those pieces right now, and we don't know what those mean right now. But yeah, we have those pieces. And then at the end of the film, you know, Theo's now talking, and he's we're seeing all some of those same things, but maybe new footage as well. And so it's like the putting those pieces in order. You know, so so that's a very specific example. But I think films are just like to me, they're just like putting pieces together. Yeah. And especially with something like that, like the documentary, it's just like you had a ton of footage of like a guy telling a story that as from what I know that you said, that was like, I mean, it was obviously an amazing story, but like didn't have like a natural structure to it, really. Yeah, like fragmented, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. all over the place. So you had to take his his pieces, and this is something that you get when you're making a documentary as opposed to something that's narrative. You had to take his pieces and find what your story about it would be, but while also not betraying, while also not betraying what his story was that he told you. I never even, like, that's cool. I never even realized before that it was, like, your perspective also when making it. Because when we always spoke about it, it was, you always put an emphasis on this is Theo's story. Like, this is his story. I'm, like, the conduit. I'm the vessel to tell his story. But on that point, it's not like you got told the story linearly. 
right? He put a lot of pieces. You had to like clip some things together, right? Like to make it pretty linear and make it, um, even if it wasn't linear, because obviously you jumped back inside. Exactly, yeah. give it some conduit. And but that's perspective. Like that matters. That is putting some type of lens on it. Like, what do you do? You have any like thoughts about? Did you think about that at all when yeah, you were doing it? There was a time consciously. I mean. Um, because yeah, it's so funny. I laugh immediately when you when you guys say he didn't tell it in a in a chronological linear fashion. That's so true. And I feel even in the documentary, it's almost not that either. Um, yeah, but, but it I, works. I, I, yeah, it, it works. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, that's why I imagine like the rough cuts and the edits must yeah. have been like, yeah. dude, how am I gonna make, how am I gonna put this together? Because I'm sure it was like a lot of stuff that was rich, but it's like yeah, some of it probably and got lost to how he was saying it. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, that's true. The story where he talks about the skeletons, that's that's a rough oh, yeah. story. Oh, but I wish he told it. Yeah, the yeah, subtitles yeah. kind of make that story. He also um, wasn't too into it. I wish he wanted to tell that story. Oh, well, he just he, he just didn't want... I just love the part where he's like, no, you don't want to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I had thought to that was slick. That in, yeah. It was slick. It was but slick. the thing is, like, there were stories I wanted to keep, but it didn't make sense for the, the arrangement of, like, the arc and everything right. for the story. And um, it sucks that I can't put them in because I feel like those are things that no one's going to remember now. Like, it was literally something I just have. I doubt Theo honestly remembers, you know, telling me that. Right. Or, like, the family remembers telling me that. I'm sure he remembers the story. But, um, so, like, people, I don't know, it's just something that now I share with the family. Mm. And, like, other people, I won't be able to share with uh, everyone else. Is there any type of, like, B-side uh, cut Theo that you have wants in a mind. longer movie. Dude, you should yeah, really. He wants a longer movie. <laughs> maybe you, yeah. should, you should clip maybe like a B-side type wow, of thing, like yeah. the extra footage clipped together and uh, edited and shit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I mean, dude, if you add it, that might be a lot. He wants longer? He wants like what, like yeah, two hours? Yeah, just something. Some, uh, a second, How much do you have total? Like 10? What? Less. Hours of footage? No, like yeah. just three hours. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Dude, a three hour? <laughs> Holy shit. Well, hey, The Irishman just came Imagine out. Imagine I just throw off the movie them. as it was recorded. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be wacky. <laughs> Not edited either, yeah. visually. <laughs> no B-roll, nothing. Dude, that's tough. This is the director's cut. That's tough. Are you doing like commentary a... on a voicemail? <laughs> Talking over Theo? Yeah, yeah, hey, so quiet now, quiet now. Theo is like a charismatic enough guy to, like, amazing. to yeah. like talk for three hours and make it interesting. Oh like, <laughs> He was at every showcase. We have yeah. four showcases. He was at every single one. everything yeah, up. Yeah, and he's talking at every one. I don't know if we've said it on here it's before, crazy. but we've definitely spoken about it in person. Is That is what really makes the live uh, event. And that's why I'm so happy to hear that he came to every one. And that I feel like he knows that as well. Because he's like we've spoken about, he's sharp. He knows these things. Like He knows what's going on. So I think he realizes that being there legitimizes the story as well like now it's not just a narrative right yeah now it's not and again i think i've said this to you before but it's like every time i tell somebody about the story they're like oh so he's dead or like oh when did he die That's or crazy. something like yeah, that but yeah, no yeah. he's there yeah. he's at he's at the yeah, showcase yeah. and he's gonna tell you more he's gonna maybe recap some of the story and then give you more gems in there like he did at the suffolk one and i thought that was sick like that one specifically i thought was fantastic and uh it just adds so much more and dude this is uh, I think a B-side cut would be good. I think a B-side cut's a good idea. <laughs> we, were, <clears throat> we were talking about... <clears throat> oh, no, we were just talking about structure um, and just coming up with structure um, for the documentary, but we don't have to talk about that. We can talk about something else. No, no, no. What, what do you mean? What, oh, what no, you... I was just going to talk about specifics of, like, um, trying to find structure in the escape. Um in the what, sorry? The escape, his escape, because he talks about, twice in the story, um, he talks about um, a bridge mm. that he goes over, and um, I, I, not 
it took me a while to figure out how to put the story together and like how to use that because he definitely i know in the escape he talks about you know having to like this there's this bridge that we used to cross and it's down um but i didn't know how to intro that before him telling that in the escape it being the first time because um, I was originally, I think, going to scrap the story that he was talking about where he passes over the bridge. Really? Yeah, I don't think I was going to use it because I think because I had a lot a, quite a, like a few different work stories. Right. Um, and so I didn't think I was going to use that one. But he talks about the bridge. And so I was like, when I'm thinking about it, and that's why like movies are puzzle pieces to me, at least, because there is a time where it's <clears throat> where it's like you're inside of the pool so much you you just you kind of have to step out and look at the whole thing yeah. and see so i i just kind of end up i have a cork board at home and i just have sticky notes and i'm just putting scenes and things on there and moving them around like like puzzle pieces it's a you know? 3d so thing almost also yeah like it's not a linear storyline also it's a puzzle where you don't use all the pieces too that's true so it's almost like a wow. sculpture where yeah. you're cutting mm. away the marble like you're cutting yeah. away the fat yeah that's right a that's a good comparison yeah, <laughs> i think that's, that might, that's probably even better than puzzle pieces yeah i like that yeah i like that just cause, like i like also the notion of you start with a lot and then wean it down right like you start with you try to bring in a lot of information you try to bring in a lot yeah. of and then cut away from there i think that serves to i i mean it's worked for me in my creative works it serves to get a lot first rather than try to um build it from less you know what i mean so speaking of creative works let's go back into uh let's go back into you david what is are you working on something now or did you have you recently done something i just i would love to get a feel of um i just i just recently finished something um i had made a worked on a series over the past two years of four videos um it wasn't like intentionally supposed to be two years. I probably could have gotten it, gotten it done <laughs> it in happens, like yeah, one it year. It happens. <laughs> but, um, it was a uh, seasonal um, store. Each each video in the four um, took place in a different season, mm-hmm. and it chronicled this one character's journey, played by James. Nice um, shout out to James. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, played by James as he is kind of dealing with the uh, loss of a. A significant other. Um, I was smiling when he said that, but I was laughing at him. Like, oh, damn, that's bad. Look. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, oh god, he lost her. Ha! Yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, or him. Anyways. So it's like him going. It's like it's 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 all it's about grief. It's like each thing is kind of a different stage of the grieving process. Um, but yeah, I just finished up the fall one, which was the last one. Um, and what's yeah. the what was the season inspired? Where'd that come from? So did this were there stages of grief that coincided? So, um, so I made I I didn't start this with the intention of making a series. Right. Um, the first one is called Christmas Spirit. It's on YouTube. Um, Shout it out. Where yeah. can they find it? Real quick. It's on the NUTV channel. Uh, so they type in NUTV. Yeah, type YouTube. in NUTV on YouTube. You go to the channel. There's actually a playlist with all four Sick. of them. The playlist is called Weathering. Yeah. Um, so that was the first one I made. Didn't make it with the intention of making a um, series, but uh, I uh, was the idea. How long is that one? Like, so did two you have, minutes. You had that original yeah. length in mind. Yeah. I mean, that one's two minutes. The second one is three. The third one is seven, and the fourth one is five. Okay. So it's like, yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one uh, I, I wanted to make something about how uh, 
don't know personally like i think i know the the christmas season is you know holiday season in general december always is associated with like very like warm like happy feelings and like that's the general vibe but i think personally i i associate it more with like kind of like nostalgia especially for like when i was a kid and like kind of being with my family right so it's like i don't always and gen, with like general seasonal like depression stuff that i know a lot of people get around this time of the year i don't really associate christmas season with like really great vibes it's more of like very contemplative vibes um so i wanted to kind of explore that a little bit does that nostalgia ever because when you said it you threw me for a loop there because i thought you were going to say the nostalgia was still warm and like compared to that but I was gonna maybe ask, more melancholy than nostalgia. Right. Like yeah. it's le- okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Is there ever does nostalgia ever feel like cold or is it inherent? You know what I mean? Because I guess that's kind of what you're yeah. saying, but not not necessarily I mean, to the cold side. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean this 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 uh, the first one is uh, it's it's very melancholic, but there is a uh, um, there is a feeling of nostalgia because this character is remembering. Uh, like better times yeah that's so right that's what like, yeah. nostalgia is always better yeah. times uh, what do they call it rose colored glasses or yeah. something looking into the past or something like that okay yeah so then how did that what what, what trajectory did that follow with the rest? so there's so the first one's about him kind of like he's not quite over his grief he like this tragedy just recently happened and he is kind of still living in it second one spring you know turning over newly if that type of stuff is like him uh finding a new path pretty much uh, the third one is him back down again because now his grief has manifested itself into like intense, like pretty much like college alcoholism. Um, and then that's a special type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the fourth James is alcoholic. And <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. That's the name of this episode. Chase is alcoholic. James, go to AA. Just like. Dude, James has a bad rep in titles because our first episode was called James was late, and I think colonists were colonists were nifty as well. But James is late, and he's an alcoholic. God damn. Anyway, let's go. let's let him live. Continue, continue. Yeah, and then um, the last one is uh, sort of about him. I, I wanted this to end with uh, this idea that like you know, this type of feeling, because, like, it's focused on this one character, but I wanted it to end with this type of feeling that, like, a little bit more of universality to it, that, like, so many different people are kind of going through this. So, um, him making a connection that really helps him kind of move on, essentially. Is what kind of connection is that? Is it a romantic type of thing? Or? It's, it's meant to be kind of ambiguous. It's, like, vaguely romantic, mm, but, like... It's more like he, he meets someone who's gone through a similar experience yeah. and feeling that type of empathy is like kind of what he needed the whole time. When you write, do you write, um, I'm trying to think, how do I want to ask this question? Do, does the story drive the characters or do the characters drive the story, if that makes sense? Um, I'd say I generally have like, I'm, I'm pretty good with coming up with a beginning and an ending to my stories when I start it, but it's about how I get there in the middle. And yeah, uh, as I've gotten more experienced i think i i think when i was less experienced the story definitely drive the characters more but now as i'm getting more experienced like once i realize that like if you have a very good idea of your characters the story becomes so much easier to write because you just understand what they would do in certain situations so would that be then that i guess i'm gonna try and like think about the question again is so when you come up with 
kind of an idea? Does the idea start as here's this character like profile that I want to go through some events and explore how they react? Or is it kind of like here's this world and then let me see what characters it creates along the way type of thing? You know what I mean? Um, it's more I, I'd say I, I'd say I start with a character yeah. because um, I or I'd start with a character. But I also I also really start with like moments. That's really my first things. It's just like moments or feelings. So like as much I, I do t- when I say I, I pull from personal experiences, I don't write like exact situations I've been in, but like I try to expand upon some sort of feeling I have felt. Dude, I love that. I love that. I don't know if I've said it on air, but I, I have that term where it's kind of like romanticize reality. I like. Yeah, to yeah, it, definitely. Where it's real. Same thing in like the music I make as well, where it's like it's real. Everything it's drawing off of is real. Right. To me. Yeah. So it's real thoughts, real emotions, real imaginations, real like reactions. But that doesn't mean like that doesn't necessarily mean objectively true, but it means that's the real thing yeah. I felt. And then now let me expand upon it, like which could be metaphorically speaking about it, poetically speaking about it, right? Like it's not the literal sense. So I, I dig that a lot. So that that is what what do you think, Amelia, about like when you do that story? Because I noticed you were nodding along as well. And so I was just thinking when with your films, like Max and Lorelai, did that start as a character or a world? I mean, it's, I guess it's called Max and Lorelai, right? <laughs> it's based off characters. Yeah. But what's your like insight on that? I think most of my stories start with events or like moments like you're talking about. Yeah. And then it just kind of builds moment to moment. I just start somewhere with maybe like people in this environment. Yeah. And then go from like oh maybe this happens or like catch your that's the same way catch your breath happened just i saw like this out this exterior Shout like catch at, your breath james yeah. is also in that yeah, james yeah. had a lot of plugs yeah. <laughs> young brad pitt out here <laughs> <laughs> everything you see him everywhere Ooh, james should play a vampire mm. You heard James it here first. Yet, or has he been playing different characters? I don't know. So, I feel like he's always oh, a you gotta, Yeah, I actually, no, I have a take on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this would be. So, in, <laughs> in James's first year in the club, which was also my first year in the club, he was like the hottest actor in the club. Really? Everyone wanted wow. him for everything. Wow, he because didn't have he, time. No, because he was like the. He, <laughs> because he was the he was a new young kid he was like um, he was a great actor um he was really good at being like a natural actor oh yeah <laughs> let's get this out is that baggy shirt isn't hiding it does he listen to every episode? <laughs> he doesn't listen to any. James doesn't support his own show. He's not here. <laughs> We're not a here. priority. James is And when it evolves from he was yeah. late to now he's just not here. Exactly. James didn't show up. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's Slash, crazy. he was at AA. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave us microphone? I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to WSFR. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. These views and opinions are not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on air personalities only. Oh my God. Okay. 
My bad. I wanted to hear the rest of this. What was the type? Oh, I was just gonna say that he oh. was he was like typecasted. I mean, but he was great. He was great in these roles, but he was yeah, typecasted yeah. as like the sad boy guy. So, yeah, a little soft. Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, had him yeah, playing yeah. a sad I'm boy not... for me. You did for but you too. I, yeah. But my but what I my introduction to him was just seeing him around the club as like quote unquote churro boy. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, dude! <laughs> just I'm, I need to around. ask about that on air one yeah. day because I need him to explain. Yeah. Do you know the origins of churro boy? I think it's been his nickname since like high school. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he brought it, dude. He brought it to another state. <laughs> that me means Churl that boy. means he told people. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Call me like, Churl Boy." He likes. I think he likes it. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Where is dude? This is the day he needs to be yeah. here of all days, James. Young James. James. Uh, James. Jimmy McMoney. Wow. Bana- that's Banana right. James is another one of his. There's an, why so many foods? Banana. Yeah. Banana. <laughs> 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 David, I hope you're enjoying your time. I am. I Did am. you end up uh, listening to any before you came? I listened to the one with Nav. Oh my <laughs> god, that was terrible. <laughs> that was so bad. But that's funny. Whenever people tell me that they've listened to one, I never feel like, oh, that was a good one. Actually, there's only one, which is the one where we were here talking about, like, what were we talking about? Stoicism. Stoicism and shit. Yeah. That, that one I thought, that's the only one when people say, like, oh, that's a good I one. I thought you guys had an interesting conversation about, like, social media. Yeah, oh, I yeah. just don't think I got what I wanted to say across properly. Emilio got kind of pissed at you. Dude, oh, yeah, he did. I sound pissed, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It that was, was good content. It's uh, Listening back to it later, I was like, oh, Emilio, that was spicy. Yeah. I liked it, though. It's no, good. I liked that because there was a good argument going on. Like, it seemed like people were like, we're pretty interested and passionate about talking about that topic. Yeah, and I love that, like, nothing, and we've spoken about this before, nothing goes past here, you know? Yeah. Like, if anything on mic, it's not like, oh, fuck that guy, right? Yeah. Like, why did he say that to me? Because it's, it's just whatever. It, we spoke. It's like a normal conversation, which is what I love about the platform is I really feel like we can just kick it. And yeah. it feels freeing, you know? It feels, like, authentic. And I feel like that's when we get to the real stuff is when we're being real. Hmm. Ah. Anyway. Um, so let's talk more about your creative work. Do you have themes that you think when you, uh, are doing things or do you have, uh, consistent ideas you like to go back to and expand um, on? I, I don't think about it like that, but someone actually once told me, um, a friend of mine told me that she thought that everything that I had made, uh, was sort of about like, uh, had a common thread through line of like things, um, sort of just like not working out in a way that you wanted them to or a way you expected not always in a bad way or a depressing way but just like in like yeah and not what you plan type of way um and i think what i find interesting about something like that is that it just gives you like i i'm mo- by far most interested in terms of everything i've made in like and i've made a couple things that are slightly different to this but i like things that are just like taking mundane life and trying to make it relatable because like it's the most i think you know people i think people can kind of uh give a bad rap to like cinema especially that's a little bit more slow moving or a little bit more simple because it only focuses on yeah that type of stuff yeah yeah like just like things that are just like that movie 
movie. Yeah, I mean, both of those are great examples of this, where it's just like, in general, people seem to have a negative opinion about that type of movie, but if you look through the history of, like, film, like, ev- all of, like, the greatest films, quote-unquote, are always just, like, these movies that are just about, like, people, like, just struggling, trying to, like, live their lives, and, um... I've always found that to be the most interesting thing to explore, and it, I, I, I find it a good uh, window in terms of trying to, I mean, I, I forget who said this, but, like, a film is, like, the most, um, in my opinion, the best art form for, like, empathy, mm. because, I mean, all art forms, like, at their root have some form of empathy. Because you're expressing something yeah. from yourself, right? Yeah. And giving a feeling. But that. because of the way film combines every art form in a way, when it, how it combines, like, photography, it finds, like, acting, it combines music, it combines... And then editing, which is, like, a unique form Dude, that of... that is art. Editing yeah. is art. Which like, that's more than technical. That's yeah, art. Yeah, like, all of these things combined can make you feel for someone who's not in your position more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of my always, like maybe my like thesis in terms of the back of my head of what I'm always pushing towards. Although I haven't made something ever that wasn't about a college student. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a lot uh, of, yeah, yeah. we're going through yeah. a lot of, we got a and mundane, mundaneity. Is that Max a word? And Lorelei is kind of about, well, it's the first thing I've done that's about college students. And it's funny. I've thought about, I try not to do things that involves college or just, just too just close. Be, Why? No, just because I don't want to film there. Because that's where a lot of people film. I'd like to use other Boston's so uh, wide. Um, yeah. I, no, I feel similarly. I've only ever filmed in a dorm like one time because yeah, of that. Good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not attractive. Dorms, yeah, yeah, dorm stuff. Yeah. Dorm stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get it later. We'll get it later. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine for now. <laughs> it's fine for now. <laughs> what was what? about the um um <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It was, what did you just say? It was about Max and Lorelai. It was about the mundane, mundane. Yeah. Oh yeah. If that's and a word. yeah. So they're in college and, and they're empathy. kind of getting. Re- well, they're getting ready for that, um, or they're worried about. It's that anxiousness and uh, an angstiness of, um, you know, after we're, we've spent so much of our lives going through whatever this is like school preparing yeah. us a for structure, this, really. this constant next step yeah. or this yeah. next step that's whatever is next and then literally. we get there yeah and then we're about to get there you know and then like it's kind of Whoa. you know co-op lets you see kind of how mundane it is sometimes yeah right so, yeah. they struggle type of yeah. thing not struggle I mean but, yeah it's yeah. true I mean every since we were like a baby I mean since we have since we have the capability to remember something like we've known what we were going to do the next year. Dude, that's crazy. And that been in school. Like I really don't remember life before going to kindergarten. <laughs> right? Like dude, my whole life I remember being in school. That's yeah. pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Is that good or bad? I don't know. It's worrisome. Definitely. You think so? So now it's it definitely now worrisome. It it's good material for expression. Yeah. <laughs> Artistic yeah. expression. What do you mean? Worrisome in what sense? It's, I mean it's just worrisome presently. I mean, I don't. It, I what don't do you mean? I, I don't understand. Oh, that. um, like I was just saying, just being, you know, not knowing what you're doing next and ah, uh, yes, and yes, what's yes. next. I get be you. Like mundane as fuck. Oh, you know? totally. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to crank out as much project projects. Oh, as I dude, can, same, same. Know? Like while we're still here, yeah. trying to use these resources, right? Trying to get the shout out to the podcast again. I think it's the third time. Don't be so far. It's gotten. A, it's a very meta I'm episode. Get another award. Huh. Another award. You guys get an award? Um, uh, paper. 
It was. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we but got it's a like paper. poorly designed. Oh, paper. dude, it was really bad. Yeah. It was actually really bad. Did you guys bad. get an award for this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Close calls is the name of this episode. Close calls. <laughs> That's what it. The first? James isn't here. James Close is an alcoholic. <laughs> was the first. That's a close we're, call. It's so funny that we're at like two names a dude, show we're just now. We can't even decide. Oh my. We got <laughs> three. Dude, dude, I love it. That's <laughs> listening back to this is we the just best. Build up and then each deciding episode. like which one we choose. It's the best. <laughs> oh god. And the listeners are a part of it. Of course, of course. Yeah. They gotta know. They gotta know. Okay, there was something else. There was something else. Oh yeah. When you um do stories, because you talked about things maybe not working out exactly how planned or maybe uh, insinuated at first. So does that mean you like to leave a what do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear his answer. Yeah, because I saw you smile a little bit yeah. too. So <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. Does that mean that you like to leave an open-ended type of story, or is it a closed case that you know has a what what that has like well because I, mean, I mean there are some stories that um, films ever, do people die in your stories? Ever? Whoa, that's a better question. Go there first. <laughs> that's a better. Question. Has someone ever died? Not yeah. in the story, but in the 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 series. Oh, um, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Like lost, someone has do you see it? Died? In, no, you don't see it. Oh, okay. Do you plan on doing that ever? Would you do that? <laughs> oh, I mean, catch your breath, has it? Yeah. We got Most one. Of them, I think <laughs> someone dies in. Oh, dude, James gets stabbed. <laughs> catch your breath. Two people on die. Screen. <laughs> I kill him, <laughs> and then you die. It's a thing. Oh my god. Okay. Would you do that? Or I don't know. Is that just not in your creative lexicon? I I, I just I genuinely just don't think of it. Like I think part of it is also I'm I'm and I know I need to get over this at some point, but I'm very nervous about doing like action scenes, anything like that, just because I I don't have the confidence to pull them off. Is Honestly. that based on you or the actors you think you have available? No, it's based on me. <laughs> but what does that mean? Like as a director? Yeah, yeah, what's, but what's stopping you, I, do you yeah. think? Yeah. I, um, I guess it's like, yeah, like I, I would, I, I mean, Catch Your Breath is a good example of like a student film that looks has an action part that looks really good. But like I feel like that's really rare. <laughs> um, like, that, like, it's, <laughs> like it's an exception. Like I, I'm just worried about like, like I'm sure you've seen a ton of student films that have like some sort of action scene in them and they just they don't look great and it's also like you had a great you had a great selection of actors in that because um like tyler and cole and even when tanner was in it like everyone that you had casted also looked a little bit older than they were oh wow which i think is important too because like and this is something i've run into a lot with when i'm writing is i'm always I, and you can see this if you watch like a bunch of student short films online and everything. So many students like cast like a 21 year old as like a 40 year old or something like that. Like, (laughs) yeah. 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 yeah, That does not ring well. It it, it, It feels amateur. Yeah. It feels, it feels more amateur. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I've always done something in a college setting is that just like, that's what I know. And that's what the people I know who can act look like they look like college students yeah or i mean if not college like young adult stories you know um and so until i have access to like actors who are a little bit older which i'm sure i could get if i like reached out on like 
you know, one of those Facebook pages. What is pages. that process? Is there like a like freelance actor website? Yeah, there are like or Facebook database? pages that's like Boston filmmakers or like. Because you you've done something similar for the upcoming project. How did you end up finding? Oh geez. You don't have to give it up if you don't yeah. want. Yeah. You, you don't, don't have to. Know, okay, man. we're not gonna give it up. What, like, what was the process? Uh, I mean, I don't, <clears throat> just hearing from act, just talking to different actors that I know, mm-hmm. or like um, mostly like theater actors or theater performers. Um, and just talking about where they go for projects um, and just finding these like online databases where it's just collections of, you know, actors like online casting call places that are looking for actors or, or like they they collect actors and they're looking for jobs. Um, same thing, you know, for a crew and stuff like that, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. <coughs> what were we talking about before that? How did we get into that? Because uh, there was another. Oh, we were talking about just dying in a movie. <laughs> but there was a second. There was the question I asked before that, which was, do you like to leave your stories more um, open ended when they're not how you planned, and that maybe goes back to the interpretation thing we were talking about, or do you like to close it? Like, do you? Like I, I the mine are pretty open ended. Um, yeah. Is there a reason, or do you have a, like what's that choice about? I mean, I I I in like actual movies and like books or anything i don't like very i don't like perfectly clean stories Mm. um and i just think it's a poor reflection of like life as well especially Mm. if you're trying to make something that's a little bit more about like um uh mundane parts of life i think yeah and like i think i'm good at finding uh, a a good spot to end it at like that's a satisfying ending but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like conclusive i guess yeah because you want the story to kind of linger with yeah. whoever's taking it in and putting a finite thing on it is literally like closing the book right yeah like you'd it puts yeah. it in their mind you'd rather that you that. yeah you'd rather have them you know have to think for a second of like okay where exactly is this character now mm-hmm. as opposed to being like told where this character is now you know do you have any works then that you've thought about making possibly follow-ups or I mean, sequels, quote-unquote, too, if they're kind of open-ended and ambiguous? I mean, that's what I ended up doing with this series. The, the first one was, like, pretty... The first one's actually probably the most conclusive one, but it just, like, I, I think I, I found a interesting... Uh, Way to keep it going. Yeah, and then... Uh, I've thought of a sequel for Catch Your Breath too at times. Right. I've always thought about yeah, doing, that's right. whether that's like right. going down the, the path of like the victim cool, right? or like going down the path of like um, the cop and mm. just kind of wondering about the case, you know, and just mm. why yeah, like, that would happen. Good, like, yeah. And I was thinking about infusing like sometimes I don't know if you go through this. There are times where I feel like I've, I go through um, they're almost like trends in maybe not thoughts, but r- what I'm thinking about when writing like. For a little while, when I when I started writing, I was thinking more so about isolation pieces, hmm. um, and like that's where echoes came mm-hmm. from. That's where um, like a script that I was working on um, that took place just in like a motel room came from, and then <clears throat> and then it, I kind of um, like was interested in infusing like religion into characters and just like exploring that within them. Um, and so there are some scripts where they have you know, characters who are religious or, like, it explores some loosely religious ideas. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I don't really, like, lately... Are you doing that um, consciously, you think, or, like, almost subconsciously? I think it starts subconsciously. Like, because it starts with a character and how I think this character might f- 
feel about something or honestly how they might dress you know i feel like mm-hmm. if a character has a cross you know like i feel like this this is the kind of person who'd probably you know kind of have been baptized you know or something but yeah, doesn't really yeah. you know actually follow the faith but he's probably got a cross you know good. and follow yeah, some yeah, certain yeah, religious yeah, things yeah. you know um and so it comes from that and then maybe it expands into um thinking about because i don't know because religion or just like what the question of god and how the order of things and how they happen is mm-hmm. just interesting to explore mm-hmm. uh, especially in cinema because it also does leave so much open like yeah. you're talking yeah. about that's good yeah and the way you even encapsulate those ideas on screen like just for example the way you depict what god is right or whatever the higher power is in your film like is can be so like subjective is right and can be very compelling and interesting but leaves that open-ended yeah. thing because it becomes a I mean, now you form your own type of thing, or like you have different films depicting yeah. deities, whatever, whatever yeah. that is, in different ways, which I think is cool. I think it's a good thing. And those are always the most existential movies. Anything that deals like with this. like, because yeah. like a lot of movies d- can deal with like a personal crisis of faith. And when I say faith, I don't mean like religion necessarily, yeah. but just like belief, belief of or like something, some, even in yourself or, too. Yes, belief in yourself maybe, yeah. but like when I it's like well. a belief in some sort of higher power, whether yeah. it's. In religion, or like, or a philosophically based movie, like those are, yeah, those are always like, those types of movies about your own like existence, always bring up the most questions. I feel like that's good, dude. Because I like that idea. I mean, you just said like even in self as belief. That's I think a lot of times, if we're gonna go down this uh, uh, depiction of God route, I think it's good. Let's do it. But (laughs) I think let's do it. But conceptually, a lot of times, how I think about it is, like the mind. And kind of self is God, right? Not necessarily in the sense that religion says where it's like there's God in you or like you're made in God's image. Not really necessarily like that. No. But I kind of take you're it to God, right. He's God. I'm God. Right. Like and it, God. and it's in two <laughs> senses. It's in two senses where it's like one. I mean, the mind literally did as in the concept of God. Yeah. Like we created. Like just that's how we're gonna whatever. So that, I mean, that's like the more trivial one, but something to throw in. But it, and it's more like, um, the power of the universe and all of that, like all that shit (laughs) is in you, right? Like you're made of the same stuff that the furthest star you can't see is made out of, right? Like in the universe and everything like that. So whatever was created, I feel like is within here and it's within your mind and like there's infinite capacity type of so thing. There's and there's possibilities there's, to tap it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean you have the answers, but it does mean you have the potential to go to find reach them. It. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have everything, but mm, there is like some, else. exactly. There's some type of like, and it takes self exploration to realize not only what answers you do have, but which ones you don't. Right. And then how you gravitate towards people. And then you realize that every other person has a wealth of universe within themselves. Right. Of things. A lot of things that are the same. A lot of things that are different. Parallel universe theory. There's a lot of things that are similar, but there's like minor <laughs> things that change. That's Dude, and they make yeah. that's what I'm that's saying. Like, and so yeah. like and I feel like that it helps me. Right. It helps me yeah. think like, OK, I do have power and answers within myself. But then it's also giving up something to something else right which i think is a healthy balance of you need to have faith in self and then also realize you don't have everything right and even if that's not believing it's preordained or predestined i don't i'm not sure how if i go either way throughout the years on that but it's like there's a future to be had and you have a part in it and that's kind of in shaping it i think so and i feel like that's what kind of being godly is or being like higher power is we obviously live here on the ground of course but i think there's an aspect to every one of us you know what i mean what you i was say? just gonna say because then there's always the argument of destiny predestined no exactly yeah, exactly like, and sometimes i fall either way you think you're doing to like 
like I'm working harder to make this happen, you yeah. know, that's probably or that could potentially be the destiny. Right. For you to work. Harder. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is it me yeah. choosing to <laughs> do this or was I meant to do this already? <laughs> yeah. But it's like. But you feel like you're doing. Yeah. It and I feel. OK. So destiny where it's like that's a just crazy concept in general, it is. because <laughs> is it saying that. So if you acknowledge there's a destiny that I'm doing, I'm trying. Oh, fuck, this is like this I'm is trying tough. to figure out. I'm trying yeah, to figure out how to. We were trying not to get this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we can do it. Away. No, we can do it. We can do it. Because saying there's destiny, destiny is like acknowledging all time at once, in a sense, right? Like you're living outside of just present. Your yeah. Past and future all at once. Where, and it's like you don't know the end. And this could kind of go back to if we want to link it back to creative stuff, because I was going to ask this question, I think, to you when you were saying something earlier. But it was like when you're writing and creating, how often do you have the end already in mind? I know you mentioned oh. you, you tend to or how much is forging it as you go. But so it's like when, when the idea of destiny, is there an end in mind? Or is it just everything I'm doing along the way was just meant to happen? And but then it's like, what's that? Like, what, what what's that hinging on? You know. So then there's that makes me want to run counter to it, kind of where it's like, des- But then it's also like destiny is almost reflective in a sense, where it's like, because then you kind of compare to what things have happened to people in in the past and things yeah. people you know mm-hmm. and similar or different experiences. So then it becomes. That's how it's all well, time. Our perception of destiny is, um, reflective. You know, destiny itself is probably not reflected. It is. Whoa, it is because you can't see forward. It's only like, oh, I just did this and it was meant yeah, to happen for me to do this. Have done yeah. this. Yeah. Whoa. So it is all time. Go ahead. Wait, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. Keep talking. Yeah. I'm trying to get back uh, on to uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Time to <laughs> Bruins, right? Well, oh, I was just going to say, like, I feel like. I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> so good. Serena Williams, so right? Good. Serena! Oh, that's so good. At the end of the day, it always comes back down to how much... um, I mean, every person obviously is going to perceive, like, the idea of, like, destiny in a different way. Mm. And also, like, in terms of, like, whether destiny, knowing there's a destiny or not, is, like, helpful to them or not. Mm. You know, like, someone might be comfortable with the fact that, like, everything is preordained, while other people might want to see, like might feel a lot of comfort in the fact that they have control over their decision making um but like i know that if you like go like way way back in terms of like like older like conservative traditional religious like philosophy like some american we're talking still or like british like british french like 1600 1700s type of stuff it's just like um it's a lot of stuff that's just like um because there is a God, that means that there is something that is greater than me and that um, can make myself be like more humble. And yeah. I think at its origin, that's like a nice, that's a I nice, think that's good. No, that's I think a, that's nice, a good sentiment. It's a nice, yeah. nice sentiment to have like, oh, I can be more humble because I know there are things that are, yeah. there's one thing that are, is greater than me. Yeah. It's like keeping self in check. Yeah. I mean, I think we all know people who just like just let it all like they need to be kept in check right yeah, i was gonna say then it turned into a reason for war yeah <laughs> yeah and then it becomes something that's, that's just like well my my reasoning is like more in under my reasoning makes more sense than your reasoning yeah, yeah. so listen to and my then, reasoning yeah. and then it becomes a problem but i think that original idea of like just like religion being something that grants someone like a little bit of humility is like a mm. nice idea i do too and it's 
I think I often get misinterpreted my sentiment in terms of like being anti-religion, quote unquote, because a lot of the times like that sentiment exactly, I do think is a pretty core concept of what religions are based off Mm -hmm. of. And it's also a core concept that I definitely agree with and believe in. Right. And I think the differences usually are structurally or like what we've interpreted to become. But um, shit, shit. What did you say? What did you say right before that? Because I had something. I had something. Oh, man. What did you say about the it was to find. What was it? What was the concept? The core concept that I just said? Find humility. Humility. Yes. Okay. So, yes. There we go. There we go. There we go. That I think is 100% necessary. And I think that's where the blend comes in, which I think a lot of solutions often lie is the blend of some extremes in life where I am uncomfortable. You mentioned it. I am uncomfortable thinking that everything is preordained or yeah, predestined. No, me too. That does make me not comfortable. I don't really like that. Mm. But I, I like the idea of thinking. I have a hand in it, but I don't control everything, right? Yeah. Like maybe there is some other force that maybe makes Emilio see me in orientation freshman year, right? And then it's like up to me to then talk to him yeah. right? or something like that, right? Like I like that idea because that just gives me comfort that I have a hand, but I'm not this all-powerful thing. And I think it's important to be humble. I think being humil- humility and being humble is important and even down to like a biological or survival aspect type of thing, right? Where you're not trying to be just this crazy outlandish, yeah. I'm Kill out here doing, up in the food b- get super get risky and go out there and yeah. die. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's true, dude. It's, it's primitive. Tr- it's primitive. Is God primitive? Did the earliest humans have God? Like maybe not man? in the sense of what we think, but maybe they're like the tree God, right? Or I mean, something or like, like the that. sun. Like, yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah. call. That's a very good call. Dude, when did the sun stop being God? Because I feel like that's not that old. I feel like it's yeah, not that old not. that the sun was God. <laughs> he still is. He still is. He. Yeah. Yikes. Do you do you, do you take a gender when you consider it a higher power or a higher being? I guess only because of that's what's cool. been prescribed. Yeah. I went to nine years of Catholic school, so it's it, it's it's too it's it's brainwashed into me. But yeah, like, exactly. I mean, obviously, if anything, like. If anything's going to be like genderless, obviously God it's is gender. Like, God, right? <laughs> Even saying God, though, inherently like means man in terms of yeah, the context. No, of the you word, think of a a, tough. A, a humongous man with like a large beard, white beard, yeah, <laughs> like, maybe a little bald. On yeah. the, honestly, I think of have you guys watched Family Guy? I think of the Family Guy guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I think of when I think of that depiction. But I try to. That's and you're right. It's totally instilled. Like it's just culturally and societally wise that's what we would think so sometimes i try to really think actively against that not in sense of like super i hate that idea but it's more like i try to say it right instead of him or something like that or even just down to phrases i try to say oh my goodness instead of oh my god just because it's like i don't really like identify with that yeah what they mean by oh my god or things like that but i mean it's like a similar vibe to like how like depictions of jesus have always been that he's like a white guy like (laughs) When he was like, like, like yeah, a long, beard, like a sandals. brunette, a brunette white guy, like, <laughs> <laughs> and not he's a like ten out of ten. Arab. He's a ten, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he never showered, dude. He's definitely not a ten. Yeah, yeah. he's one. Well, maybe for, maybe for his time. Maybe we can't so judge him when we Jesus, have. We can't actually, judge yeah. him when we have water. Wait, what? What? Wait. Are we talking about Jesus? Why are we talking about him? No, are we talking Could about Jesus segue or God? Yeah. Could be a good segue into leadership. Jesus. Into Jesus's leadership. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I forgot we started there. Yeah, Holy I know. Shit. That was a while ago. So, actually, can we take a quick break? Because I have to pee, and I do want to come back Dude. and talk about that. Okay, let's do Dude. that. Let's do that. What? I'm going to keep the show. You know what? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, let's yo, start freestyling. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> we'll play it.
play unwind. Nice. Actually, I will play that for you just while the break. All right, so we're back from break, and uh, small bladder gang, you know, you know how it goes on rabbit hole sessions. Just, I mean, everybody went, so we can uh, we can debate those details later. <laughs> but we're back, and I wanted to. We started on this topic, and we went on a good tangent. I love it. That's what the rabbit hole sessions is all about. But back to this notion of like leadership and what I was um, just kind of thinking about this week. And I know Emilio told me that you worked on the Bernie Sanders campaign that was at Northeastern or something independent mm-hmm. about that. And that um, maybe we could start there. What was like your experience with that? Did you actually meet him? Were you what, what was so? So I'm working on it right now. Oh, you still are doing yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So um, tell me, please. Um, I actually have met him once. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, we're just a big group of volunteers who are like putting it. I mean, it's essentially a, a club where we're, but we're organizing people to go up to New, because New Hampshire's like one of the most important states in like the Democratic primary. So we're organizing a ton of people to go up to New Hampshire to knock on doors and everything, things like that. Uh, we go to events, actually going to an event tomorrow. He's having a rally in uh nashua new hampshire that i'm like volunteering at and like helping like set like i'll probably be like helping move chairs around or something but like you know anything that i can do and it's like at the moment it's like 10 of us to 15 of us who are like i'd say more 10 very dedicated people 20 people total that are like come to meetings kind of like here and there um but yeah i mean we're hoping that at the beginning of the new semester in January, we'll get like a big group of people because the Feb, the New Hampshire primary, which is like the thing that we have the most influence on right now because the Massachusetts one's not for a little while. The New Hampshire primary is on February 11th. So when we get back, so on Jan, yeah. So in January, we're hoping to, yeah, that's fine. In, the New, in January, hoping to mobilize as many people as possible to go up to New Hampshire, knock mobilize. on doors, yeah. Autobots, mobilize activate. people. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> what um? So okay, so then let's transition right that into like this notion of leadership, and because yeah, obviously he's a presidential candidate, right? If you let's don't mobilize. know that. So what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's mobilize is the name of this episode. Let's James mobilize. James isn't here. Let's mobilize. <laughs> James is an alcoholic. Let's mobilize. <laughs> Dude, we gotta clip just that because there'll be no context of me saying change is alcoholic. But just that clip out. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, yo, hold up, hold up. No, we no. haven't hit the soundboard once this episode. Oh, Where is it? it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You gotta say it first. James is an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> Let's mobilize. Okay, that's it. That's all we needed. That's all we needed. But. <laughs> Bernie said this is an alcoholic, is he? No. No. Okay. <laughs> but I do want to know. So what is what like inspires you about him? Like what about him makes you want to do these things like travel? And what about his leadership is what appeals to you? Um, a couple of things. Um, so first thing is his like consistent advocacy throughout his entire life. Um, you can go back throughout his entire career pretty much to when he was our age and find something like incredibly noble and interesting that he was doing in like the 1960s he was like pretty famously i mean now famously when he was a student at university of chicago he was chicago university of chicago was putting up segregated dorms and he uh protested the segregated dorms by um 
handcuffing himself to um, a uh, uh, two um, African American women, and they were standing in front of this like um, <laughs> they were standing in front of this uh, um, like bulldozer or something, and he ended up getting arrested um, because of like the protest in the seventies. He was like well ahead of like the fights for like abortion rights before like the Supreme Court ever said it was legal. In the 80s, he was, like, fighting for LGBT rights. In the 90s, he started on um, his whole, like, fight for, like, a national health care system. Like, everything that he represents now, he's been representing since, like, for the literally the past 50 years. So that's very inspiring to me. And that is that type of consistency and being completely uncorrupted by a corrupt political system that we live in, I think, is just, like, shows, like, a type of stubbornness and like resiliency that is very rare in politics um on top of that um i think a good in terms of leadership i think a good leader is someone who inspires other people to become leaders Mm. um and he's done that by like uh really inspiring like a mass grassroots movement more than any like modern like political person really Mm. in like our lifetime at least like there are so many young people in particular who became politically active and I'm one of them from after 2016 because of seeing that like, oh, someone like Bernie exists who isn't part of like our corrupt political machine. He's been there the whole time, but he's always been like himself fighting for like justice. Um, And honestly, as far as like comparing him to the other candidates and why I think he's He's the only one who has that type of resume. He's the only one who's just like, if if we like knew him right now at like like twenty two year old Bernie, like our age, Dude, we'd be, be like, wild. yeah, he'd he, be like such a cool guy. He'd be like, self to, ch- to <laughs> black girls. <laughs> we just know Bernie. Oh, that's Bernie, classic Bernie. Yeah, he'd be the guy who's like, season with Bernie. <laughs> He'd be the guy who's like, like always going to the protests and everything, yeah. and is like always like on campus, like fighting for like professors' like rights to unionize or things like that. It's just like he'd be, you know, I, I because of he just represents everything I believe, and he has been doing it for his whole life. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, he mentioned the one of the parts about leadership was the inspiring other people to be leaders. Do you ever take that into account with leadership, or what are some qualities possibly? I've never thought of it specifically through the lens of inspiring people to be leaders. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, leaders of themselves, leaders in the fact that you know, I mean, in the context of working on a film, you know, leaders in their particular, you know, facet of the film. Right. They're the leader of what they're supposed to be working on, and it's their ownership of if it's a character. You know, that's theirs. You know, it's not mine. You know, take that and like you now you figure it out. You I mm. gave you some I gave you some puzzle pieces. You, you know, a- like yeah. yeah, you can create the rest of them. Yeah. I, I you know, maybe I gave you an outlined, you know, black and white picture, f- color it in. So you know, oh, so you like yeah. to give your actors like the reins, the, the like sand, here. The sandbox, yeah. I like give you like a kind of like an area to oh, do something. Dude, perfect. The yeah. sandbox. I like that. Yeah. I'll give you some tools in the area. You make me a castle, like a grand castle. Yeah, something like that. I like that. I like that. Were you about to say something? Oh, I saw the microphone lift. I was like, yes, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> They're not that heavy. I don't know. I don't know how much it's doing. I don't know how Anything much it's counts. doing. That was it. 
That's yeah. it. <laughs> I, I can, like yeah, leader of yourself, godly. Yeah, it was fist up. Amelia put his fist up so everybody knows he supports. Yeah, yeah. supports self-power. Fist Self-power. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like the, I do like that as well because I've never specifically thought of it as leaders inspire other leaders. I've always thought that a good leader definitely knows to surround themselves with um, people who are better at things that they're not, right? That's yeah. definitely always something I've taken into account. Because really, if you think about it, a lot of like leaders, heads of things. They have ideas. Yeah, they're not really yeah. the yeah. best at anything. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're not the best, like a company, a CEO, or a president. Exactly. They're not like the super, they're not building the actual car, right? Like they're not figuring out the code, yeah. but they yeah. are able to, bring they everything together exactly and they're able to be the conduit to making everything come together like there could be the best computer programmer in the world but maybe doesn't speak to anybody so no one will ever be able to know his idea and his like be able to spread it out so sometimes you need that coordinator yeah and i also think a good leader is never going to be someone who says that like i will have a quote that says like i am a good leader you know it's like someone who kind of just does it intrinsically yeah. almost it's just like by the way that they act they allow other people to feel empowered. So, okay, that's a good, I like that point. So what can a leader in that point, or in that sense, ever say that, like, what can they claim they are good at? Can they ever, is a good leader one who doesn't claim that they're good at really anything, they're just trying to coordinate things and just trying to do it for the people? I mean, if I want to reconnect it back to Bernie, it's that yeah. his... his <laughs> please do, please it's do. It's his, um, like... Uh, if like again like just going back on his like record and everything yeah. of like what he's done throughout his life Check my track he, doesn't, record. he doesn't have to bring it up but it's just like <laughs> people know that the if he's talking about something he has a whole history of actions that yeah. back up what he is expressing it's not just rhetoric yeah. this is real there's yeah. history so like and i think you can you can apply that to other things so for example if i wanted to compare it to film or something and like you know someone has been like like on set like let's say in nutv or something and someone had a reputation on set of just being like almost like not no one has this just as a disclaimer but yeah <laughs> complete hypothetical um let's say someone had some sort of represent re, like uh representation as being like an abusive director or something like they like yell James at their cast alfred hitchcock and yeah like an alfred hitchcock type in nutv or something and then um they tried to act um as if they were like than trying to like i don't know they're really nice they're yeah. really nice or like yeah. saying like talking about how important it is to have a good relationship with the people on set it just comes off as so fake and so disingenuous that yeah. like you have no one will feel empowered to be led by that person mm. okay so that's that i guess that is an important point and you mentioned it before make it feel feel like leaders but it's just empowering them somehow to feel like that they have i guess some of that control that they do have a stake in what's going on and i think that um oh i just had it where to go 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 it was um feel empowered feel empowered i got this hold on hold on instill power in other people that's what empowered me yeah, mobilize uh, the people mobilize the people. dude that's got to be in the title somehow is mobilize is mobilize dude i totally lost Buses this forever, oh man. i totally lost it <laughs> i totally lost it that's a shame that's a shame i'll think about it in a second we just need to talk about something else but um okay so then when you are in your roles of leadership are those the type of qualities you try to reflect? Do you look to be like someone or do you look to form your own path of incorporating those type of qualities? I mean, in my 
like personal experience in terms of when I'm in a situation where I have to be like the de facto leader because whether it's like my own film I'm making, that'd probably be the best example. I like my number one goal is to try to make everyone feel like they're also involved in the process and then it's not just like me they have a piece in the creation yeah i I don't i don't want people to think like i like you were saying before i like to give i i i give my actors very limited direction almost like probably too limited to the point of like (laughs) i they probably wish i was a little bit more gave a little bit more (laughs) but like i i it's it's just because it's just like i think i i know in my head how i want this to look and how this story to go that's what i know what the actors know is how they think they can best, you know, portray a, a believable Ooh. performance. So mm. it's like, I know this, you know that. We need to meet in the middle somewhere of like how we both achieve this. And it can't be through either of us stepping on the other person's like skill sets, I guess. Yes, the meet in the middle point. I, th- I like that because I was just going to ask. So how much of, as a director or even leadership period, do you give uh, that leeway then to quote-unquote your subordinates you know what i'm saying like excuse me but how much do you give of okay this was the vision i had in mind but now let me see their input and maybe the vision changes how easy are you to let go of okay maybe they can make it better i think pretty easily i mean one i mean one difficult part about this for me is that like i personally none of my uh, scripts have really had a ton of dialogue in them in terms of giving the actors a ton of leeway to do what they want but uh, if I want to go back to James, um, I think like uh, it's a lot of it is about developing relationships and like you're going to work way more comfortably with someone you know than someone that you don't know. So like now having worked with James for like almost three and a half years at this point, like I can tell, tell him something. I can say something like I want you to act like we did like this scene like two years ago or something. And he'll be like, all right, yeah, got it. Like it's just like it, it's way more... Um, it's a lot easier. Um, yeah, it's way more natural when you know the person. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's also the most important part is just like, uh, like it's it's obviously like an art form where you're expressing something, but it's like so collaborative that if you don't have good relationships and you don't know how to talk to someone, then you're going to suffer. Do you do you feel similar with, because with, um, I know you come up with, very detailed visions with your uh, plots and your stories. So when it comes to giving the actors the freedom to maybe change some of that, how how open to it or willing to, to it are you? Easily, yeah. Same thing. Same yeah. thing. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, my... my st- is that with everybody or is it because you're handpicking like the people who are in it so you've already trust them? Yeah, it's. I mean, what's what makes you, I think, a good leader is your ability to um, attract mm, the right kind of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's not even like charisma. It's not. I don't know if it's about pickiness or what it's about, but it's um yeah, it's your ability to accumulate the right people that's right for what you're looking for. I mean, yeah, and I I, I don't think it's about charisma either because I yeah. think if you're able to um like just like it, let's say you I I hate to keep using the example of NUTV because I don't know if it's that relatable for people who are talking. <laughs> just <laughs> or, a video yeah. or some yeah. kind of club yeah, or anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, like, in something like that, if, like, you make something good, like, pretty much on your own or something and submit it to the club, 
the next time you pitch an idea, people are going to be like, I want to help that guy out because, or I want to help that girl out because like they made something good. You proved it already. Yeah. You brought something to the table. And I guess that's important in collaboration is to bring something already to the table. I'm always down to build, but I want to know that you are able to build, right? Like I want to know that you've brought something, that you've developed your own skill. And I mean- Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you a question based on what you were just saying. Because then on that, it's just like, then how do you work with someone, let's say, like, let's say someone came in here while you were in here one day and was like, Tyler, I really, really want to know, like, how to make a podcast. Yeah. Oh, like, what would I? Yeah, yeah it's definitely. I've... Like, they have no idea. They have this, no the slightest idea. So they have nothing to build off of. Yes. I think then in that case, I would say I would help them try to build their own thing first rather than we do something immediately. Like, I would say, okay. Maybe it's like maybe they come on this show like for an episode or something, right? So they just get a feel of what it's like That's be on the mic. For them to build off. Yeah, exactly. Also, I'm sorry. A better example would have been your music, but it's, since it's we're totally in here, fine. we're here. I, we're since here. we're in here, I this is podcast. my rabbit hole yeah. sessions persona. Yeah. It's totally the same. <laughs> but I would try to. I, it would go with the same answer, yeah. though. I think um, for anything, but it's mostly try to help them develop their own type of. I want to say voice because we're doing like talking type of art form. But yeah, path, their own type of uh, perspective on it first. Because then I think that's how Mm. collaborating is truly great is when you're already coming with your own perspective. So I think you have to put in your own work and you have to find what you're dedicated to within it and what you want, what motivates you, what inspires you. Because that changes for everybody. We can have similarities, but ultimately... I think sources are different, right? Interpretations are different. There are minute changes that could change everything in terms of how um, the art is created. So I think I would I would definitely do anything I can to give technical tips, right? Technical points that might help. Like, hey, maybe you need this type of mic, this type of program, this whatever, whatever, whatever. And then maybe like speaking technical tips, right? If we're talking podcast specifically. But then other than that, the only advice would be speak what you want speak what you think like speak what you think is important to you and then just make that interesting like you have to there is of course a point of making what you think is interesting interesting to other people and that is definitely podcast music film 100 i think it applies to all of that is you have to find a way to then make it digestible and interesting to other people and i think that itself is where the personal work comes in and that's where your personal how much time you put in on yourself comes in because that is where the foundation is that's where the um like the basis for all of it is right you know what i kind of mean so would you say then the basis of being a good leader is having that like humility to know that you have to learn more definitely dude i think we said this on one of the episodes is all leaders or i think all good leaders have been learners first mm-hmm and are constantly learning as they lead and exactly and that's why i think it's important to like delegate people who are better at better at things than you because you can can exactly you constantly can learn from them and they're learning from you too if they choose to follow you they are trying to learn from you i don't think i teach anything technical like what people teach me is technical yes i think i teach something that's mindset attitude like yeah it's an attitude being it's it's an intangible perspective yeah. Which is just as important, I think, and yeah, in a lot of, of ways more important. Yeah. Right? In a I lot don't of, know and, about more. I wouldn't say. I mean, more it's important. it varies. Like yeah. some ways it's less, some ways it's yeah. more. I think, right? Like it, it goes hand, it goes. Um, they fill in each other's holes. I think, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and I also think a leader kind of. Um, dude, this is what I forgot. Hold on, I think I wrote it down. Wait, <laughs> I have it this time. Oh yeah, on that point of. Um, whatever I just said, but it's like, it's, (laughs) it's making people believe in not only doing something that's better for them and not only better for you, 
but better for also the others involved, right? Kind of like if I think of like a president or something, it's you're inspiring people to get behind you because you've inspired those people to not only think about them, but other people as well, right? Kind of thing is how I like to look at it. So I think if all of these aspects we're talking about involve um, incorporating multiple perspectives, right? Or multiple ideas, being open-minded to it. And I think that ultimately is one of the biggest traits of a good leader or anything anyway it's like being willing to um listen that doesn't mean agree like at all not at all you don't have to agree with everybody you don't have to make yeah. everybody happy but i think giving everybody a chance to be heard about it and then you make the decision because ultimately if you're leading them they've relied you're the one making the you are making the decision yeah. and they trust you to do it if you give them that chance to be heard then that also puts it on them to make it more convincing yeah, right definitely. so it's like that then there's a there then there's that here you work on self again i think there's always self to be worked on throughout pretty much all of these things even while it's trying to fix everything else if that answers your question yeah. i honestly don't remember what it was <laughs> i don't remember what it was either that's but okay. i think that answers we ended it up yeah. in a good place yeah. we ended up in a good place okay i mean that's pretty much everything i had to talk about so we are reaching that uh, about that time, so we could definitely wrap it up. Unless there's anything, anybody has lingering thoughts, anything about anything we've talked about? Mila, you. Oh wait, are you? Uh, I mean, I could have asked you this after we've ended, but are you? Are you filming that Max and Lorelai soon? Uh yeah. Oh, here we go. What's <laughs> up? We need. A, we need an MNL update. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, we're filming in April. <clears throat> uh, April and a little bit people. of May. Yeah. A little bit of May. Graduation so, season. Let's go. Yeah, it's going to be a tough, and Laura capstone, life. final project, all that good stuff season. Supportive, so supportive, like yeah. Kind of season. But, yeah. Uh, Is, are, all the, are all the pieces in place now? It's just timing-wise, or are you still trying um, to get everything else? I definitely think I'm ahead of schedule as far as planning because I've got a lot of things in order um, now. And, I've, I mean, we've got a few, quite a few months before um, filming. But um, I have the main pieces, I think, together. It's just like scram, not scrambling, but just collecting the smaller pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting everybody on their same schedule. Yeah, yeah, and figuring out a few more things as far as how things are gonna fall out, and that's part of like the leadership things, just like having a yes. tapping into everything. You know, which is also a burden of the like you control the schedule, like type of shit. Yeah, that's that's a big burden, right? Yeah. Like scheduling is hard. Yeah, coordinating say, is really hard, especially with from difficult. all different worlds, all different types of people, right? All different like attitudes on life and time and scheduling and priorities and things like that that's tough that in itself i think is worth a leadership position that is a hard skill and hard to like make everybody happy with it you know what i mean definitely all right so be on the lookout for max and lorelei april and mayish and then well that's just when that's no i know it's gonna be yeah. shot right <laughs> look, look out for further announcements yeah. about when it might come out right but probably mid fall, to late fall next 2020? year mid to late I guess mid to yeah. late yeah. 2020 <laughs> mid to late 2020 do you have anything you want to plug before we sign off where can they find you like platforms or anything you want to plug um yeah sure check me out on uh uh youtube on the NUTV channel just search NUTV right in the search bar it's really easy four and, letters and then just search when you're in there david shekel oh nice. how do they spell that um s c h e c k e l david whatever he just said with the letters i forgot the letters i know it was shekel i forgot yeah, the letters yeah, i forgot the letters because he didn't give his name in the beginning character arc but he was like david Sh that's the reward that's the reward for everyone who listened to the end is yeah. you get to hear his last name hit him up on facebook Dude, send him good pictures description of the story yeah what uh, the, the description of the episode is, the is like yeah. david gives the his last name what everybody's been wondering all right 
So then in that case, anything quick, platform plug? Find me on YouTube, Emilio Guido, E-M-I-L-I-O-G-U-I-D-O. Hell yeah. Find me, T-O-D, you know, on all music platforms, new sound, new songs every week on SoundCloud, T-O-D, and find all my old projects on all the other platforms, Emilio Giglin, Jordan. <laughs> Can I plug the... Um, no! You had your chance. <laughs> unplug, it. unplug. Yeah, quick. Um, the Northeastern Huskies for Bernie group. Shout out! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What can, what can um, do? so it, just look at look, go and go on Twitter Northeastern Huskies for Bernie, and if you don't go to Northeastern, we have contacts with all the local um, groups from from BU to Harvard to Tufts to everyone. So send us a DM on Twitter, and then we can put you in contact with their group if you're interested. Yup, yup. Okay, shout out so that you do that if you're interested. Thank you, everybody, for another uh, episode thank of Rabbit you. Hole Sessions. David, yeah. thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for this having me. It's been a great episode. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Emilio. You did a great job, as oh, always. Oh, gee, I thanks. think I did okay. Yeah, uh, right. <laughs> uh, we We'll be back next week, right? Hopefully, James will be back, and we'll talk more shit to him in person this time. Oh, that's yeah, a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that's good. Definitely we are signing out here. Boing, 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 peace boing. Thank you. Peace out. Peace, All peace, right. peace.